What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey everyone, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of Unpolished Therapy. This is Rachel Silver Cohen. So you know what's coming next. Who am I here with? The one and only DB. Good morning, Dr. Boca. How are you? I'm doing great, Rach. How are you doing? I am good, I think. I don't have time to think about how I am because I feel like I'm running on a lot of cylinders. But this time that you and I have together is so valuable to me that I look forward to it so much every week. So I am marveling before we even get started in the sense that however many minutes we spend together is time well spent. So I'm thanking you in advance. Thank you. I feel the same. But it's such an interesting concept because I do agree this is one of my most favorite things to do every week. But I'm not going to lie, it's hard to fit it in as it feels like everything is hard to fit in these days. Like I used to look at 24 hours very differently than I look at 24 hours now. And for whatever reason, I know my life didn't get crazier in theory, yet it feels like it got so much crazier. And I have to just say this, has September been the longest month ever? Like ever? Is this month ever going to end? I'm just curious. And then we can go back to the fact that I have no time to get anything done. But this month is endless. I'm not sure. I I think the easy answer would be like, yeah, Dr. Brooke, I agree with you. I don't even know what day it is. That's how busy I am. So (laughs) if you had said it's September or if you had said we're now in the second week in October or the third week in October, I would be like, whatever you said. (laughs) The day is just... There's just not enough hours. Not enough hours. I agree with that. I'm I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And and I think you can relate. I think we're not people who have jobs that are um, just within a certain increment of time. So like these nine to fivers, they at least have a like a set schedule. So time management seems to be a little bit easier for them because they have a start time and an end time. My life doesn't work like that. And I have so many different projects and so many different commitments and so many different things to oversee, including my children and my house and all of that, that it's like balls are just going up in the air sometimes. And I'm lucky if I'm like sliding into third to catch one of them before it falls on the ground. So I don't know if you can relate, but it sounds like from what you're saying, you can. Yeah, I can. And I would imagine, as we always say, if you have the issue and I have the issue, chances are that our listeners have the issue as well. What I find is, and I don't know if you recall this and listeners out there, I don't know if you were following my blog pre-pandemic, but there was an article I wrote about 5.17 in the morning a.m. I had started my day every day at 5.17 a.m. Why 5.17 versus like 5.15 or 5.30? Just out of curiosity. I mean, A, for one, I guess, just the unpolishedness of the 17. But but the real answer is that if you wake up at 5.17 and you hit snooze Uh. once or twice, it's still before 5.30 by the time you get up and going. But if you set the alarm for like 5.25 and then you snooze one or two times, it's already... We're rounding the corner, as you say, to third base. (laughs) Third base being 6 a.m. And then the next thing you know, it's 6.45. And so for me, 5.17 was a time that I at least started to get that ball rolling. 
Got and it. this is the reason why. You'd think that the easy answer is, well, because you have a million things to do. And yes, but because I had so many things, or still do have so many things to do, the earlier I start, the earlier I could have some quiet awake yes. time yes. to get my motor running and mm-hmm. do some of my own little mantras, rituals, things to kind of set the engine for the day. Now, full disclosure with the pandemic, that 517 kind of turned into 622, which oh. turned into 645. And that isn't to say that then from 645 in the morning till literally midnight or whatever, the movement of the day wasn't still moving at a rapid pace, but we just all had to kind of shift and pivot with sure. whatever that was. But of course, I agree. The problem though that I'm having even now, regardless of what time you wake up in the morning, is that time... Again, we have spoken to this point at nauseum already about it doesn't matter who you are and how busy you are and how much money you have or how much money you don't have and how hard you think you work and how successful you think you are or you aren't. The one thing that puts us all on an equal playing field is that we all only have the 24 hours in the day. So true. So true, right? I watched a documentary. This goes back a while now on Bill Gates, okay? Mm. If there's anyone that could buy time, it would be Bill Gates, right? (laughs) That's true. And his personal assistant or secretary or whatever, executive right hand, she was interviewed. And of the whole documentary, that's the one thing that stuck out. She spoke about how he manages his day with time. Mm -hmm. And that every moment, from the minute he wakes up till the minute he puts his head down, he's accounted for. But she said, this assistant of his, that he says, of all the money in the world, and, and he certainly has got it. it, he can't buy more time. He mm-hmm. just can't. And it really resonated with me that how do we manage time effectively so that, sure, when we put our heads down at the end of the night, we want to be able to say, yeah, I did a lot today and mm-hmm. I accomplished whatever it was I had to accomplish. But how do we accomplish it, Dr. Boca? And I'm going to throw it back to you in a way where we're not ragged at the end of the day. How do we feel productive and keeping the machine oiled and greased and moving smoothly when day after day after day, it just seems like we're piling so much on our plate? Yeah, it's a very good question. And it's something that I think we all struggle with, even as a professional person who's helping other people with time management. I think any of my friends who know me very well will say, oh, you're asking the wrong person because I literally block 30 to 40 minutes between driving from point A to point B, knowing full well it's going to take me 10. But I was raised that we get someplace early. You know, you can't be late to anything. So I personally would rather have 10 minutes on the beginning or the end, however you want to look at it, get in my car, drive to my next appointment, get there 10 or 15 minutes early, breathe a couple of minutes, answer some texts, take some emails, because this is wasted time anyway that is so variable because of traffic or because of school zones. I mean, we've had that conversation, right? And so I kind of take advantage of it, but it also alleviates my anxiety because I know growing up, if I was late somewhere, that was like the worst thing you could ever be. So you're asking, in a sense, the wrong person, but I can give you some strategies on how to manage our time a little bit better. Amazing. And before you give me the strategies, I just want to tell you that everything you just said, I could 
parrot back out in my own world too. Because A, I was raised five minutes early is on time. And if you're mm-hmm. on time, you're late. Right. And now, so that, I mean, that was just the mantra of the Silver family growing up. And to this day, even I think we've talked a million times about what do our kids inherit mm-hmm. from us, right? Yes. So time management is definitely one of them to the point where like, I have to work on not being the first one somewhere. Like, <laughs> I want to be like casually late. I don't even know what, 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 I don't know what, what that is. Politically correct phrases or even like the socially, I should say, not politically correct, but the socially acceptable time that you get somewhere because mm-hmm. I'm the guy who's like there ahead of time. And then I feel like the biggest dork that like <laughs> nobody else is there yet. And I have to drive around the block 12 times. So that's number one. But number two, that kind of messes up this time efficiency and being so rigid about it is that yes. my other mantra as the fallout of being so prompt with time is my whole world is quote unquote, hurry up and wait. Yeah. That's such a good line. Hurry up and wait all the time. And And because I respect time and I know a couple seasons ago, we did talk about time that we're very respectful of time and we Mm -hmm. feel as though why is your time more valuable than someone else's and we aren't late people. And I think it's such a wonderful quality to have yet my point is, is that this hurry up and wait thing, whether I have an appointment with the president of the United States or a president with the manicurist, I respect the time the same way. And somehow I end up waiting and waiting. waiting. So to your point of whatever appointment you have or project on your calendar for the day that you would rather allot the 30 to 40 minutes on the front end, even if you end up sitting there Replying mm-hmm. to email or text or whatnot. Same with me. But then that dead space, that dead yeah. air, it's like you don't have enough time to really get anything notable done to be able to cross off that list you make every single day. And I do it <laughs> and I use my little pencil and pad and it's so rewarding to cross it off. Sure. But then you have too much time to feel as though, wait a minute, well, what do I do with this time now? Yeah, I'm in that situation where I'm like, oh, I could have gotten one more thing in, but oh, I'm going to get like, I'm not going to be back. It's going to take me like four more extra minutes. I can't run into Publix and get the one thing that I need before I get back to the doctors because then I'm going to be late to the doctor. So I run into this situation all the time. However, it's still better than people who are chronically late because I do think that that is a sign of our own personal integrity and our own personal it's a reflection of who we are and what we think about ourselves and what we think about other people. So I don't advocate for being late. But I also think that some people get to the point where they get paralyzed. And so they just can't get anything done. And so they start moving papers around their desk or they knowingly know that they can't get to Publix and get back to the doctor's. And so they do nothing or they try to get everything done. So I'm still a big believer because I know my temperament I like to schedule things within my day that give me little buffers, right? Because the worst thing to me is to be late, but that's just me. Some of my other patients and some of my other friends, besides thinking I'm crazy, which is not helpful when you're a psychologist, it doesn't like really promote you well, but <laughs> that, that aside, and my friends know who they are, I, what I try to coach people on doing is if that's not your forte, right, and you want to be able to cross the major things off your list, then you are going to have to find moments in your day where you can block said period of time, whatever that is, an hour or two hours, to get those little things done that aren't the major things 
to that you know you have to sit in front of a desk to do, but that it's factored in there. And it's similar to like when you're planning your wedding. And I didn't know from this until my husband, who's a who's a numbers person, said to me, you have to put in a contingency. So it's similar to when you're planning your wedding or something and you leave in a space in your budget where you know you might go over. And if you do, then you've already planned for it. So that's kind of how I look at it when you're planning a schedule. You have your big items that you have to get in. And then you also have to... And and, and this sounds crazy, but I have even told some of my patients, like we have to schedule sex sometimes, right? Because there's not enough time in the day to do it. And if you don't make it a priority, it's never going to get done. So we have to put that into, I know, Rachel, I can see your face. Uh, you're going to sit here. I know, I know, I know. I know, Rachel, you're never going to plan sex, but you're not going to ever have sex because you're going to be too freaking busy. I am calling bullshit on that and I'm raising my hands. And to the listeners out there, I just want to tell you of all of my schedule and control and crossing things off my list and so on and so forth. I'm sorry. I just... That either is going to happen or it's not going to... I'm not planning for that. Maybe it's just because I'm single and I'm not no, a Brazilian years and all that. There's just... In this next chapter of my life, I'm not penciling that in. So. Okay. And I understand that. And you are at a different point in your life. But think back to the days when you had young children. Yes. Okay. And you were married. You're now ex-husband, but at that time was busy running around, doing his job, working. You were attending to the babies. Either you didn't have sex or you had to kind of schedule it. You looked at your calendar and you're like, okay, we're going to be together Saturday night. We're going to have sex Saturday night. To be honest with you, I really don't think that it was scheduled. Yeah, if it was a Saturday, I mean, I kind of knew what our schedule So that's scheduled. Is that really what you call scheduling? I don't know. Were you having it Tuesday afternoon at one o'clock in the afternoon? No. Okay. Right? You couldn't because your life was too busy. So some people have to literally say, we're going Friday night, be home. We, the kid, we don't have the kids. That is scheduled. That is scheduled. It may not be your definition of scheduled, but that is scheduled. So my point being is the important things, sometimes we have to write into our schedule, but we do have to leave a little bit of contingency room and buffers so that those little things that have to get done can get done. To the listeners out there, can anyone relate to this list of hours that we all make that, that I'm assuming if people are unpolished the way that we are with our time management, that they're making lists and it feels so great to cross it off and mark it down and then throw it out or rewrite the list just so you can cross things out in multiples, etc. <laughs> right? Does anyone out there, can you relate to the things that are on the list that somehow just get Keep going over? <laughs> that like, and I guess maybe when you talk about the hierarchy, mm-hmm. what's really important to it's not that important, but it still does have to get done. That that carryover, carryover, carryover. Do you have that issue too, Doctor Boca? Of course, we all do because there's not enough hours in the day, right? So if I have to choose between calling the pediatrician for my children or calling for the dog food renewal because they charged me too much. Mm-hmm. The dog food renewal is going from day to day to day to day, whereas the pediatrician is going to get called ASAP. I had the situation, I can't tell you how many days now, that I have had to cancel an appointment for my daughter that's on Thursday, so tomorrow. And I have still not called to cancel it, which is now going to be on my list to do as soon as we're done because now there's no more time. But I have to make a physical for myself. That has been on my schedule. I want my blood drawn just to see where I'm at. 
That's been like two weeks and it just keeps going over. And in modern technology with these phones, it's so easy when you have like a paper pencil like you do and you have to erase it and then rewrite it and erase it and rewrite it. I was shamed. I was shamed every time I had to rewrite it. Like it felt awful. Now on technology, I like double tap it or whatever or hold it and I just move it to another day. And it's like, ah, it wasn't there to begin with. There's no, there's no remnant of it. I'm good. I might have a clear conscience now. So yes, I am guilty of it also. I think though, relative to a lot of people, I am a very scheduled and organized person and I do get things done. But again, I get to create my own schedule for work. So I have that luxury. My children this year happen to be at school at the same time. So I know I have a chunk of time now where I don't have either child. I can work during those hours, not during those hours, however I want to coordinate it. And it does give me a sense of control and flexibility that I think a lot of people don't have. So I'm very grateful about that. Do you find that people like us, while we are incredibly scheduled and we're trying to cross all of our T's and dot all of our I's. And I guess maybe this question can dovetail off of some of the other podcasts we've had with being in the moment and Mm -hmm. practicing where we are right here, right now. I find that even though I've got a million things all the time, it's hard to be in that moment because I'm glancing at that piece of paper with all the other things that I haven't done yet. Do you want to speak a little bit to that on, yeah, it's great to be organized and keep a list and be scheduled, but how do we stay in the moment of what we're doing in that very instant? It's very hard. I mean, we have to slow down. And I think that's the message to the entire world right now. We need to slow down. And it's, I think it's heightened right now by how overwhelmed we are because we had that 18 months or whatever it was of slowness during COVID, right? Where everything kind of just shut down. Maybe it was four months. It felt like 18 months, whatever it was that we were actually not doing anything, right? It was such a refreshing, and we've spoken about this, it's such a refreshing experience for us. And I think we all promised ourselves we were never going back to pre-COVID ways. And yet if I asked all of our listeners and you and me, I think we're all guilty about having not remembered to preserve that time. So the way that I try to stay in the moment, again, is I try to have those buffers that I add to my calendar between patients, between car line, between my next appointment, whatever it is. And in when I can sit in there and I'm done doing all my texts and whatever, and I have that five minutes, I do try to stay mindful. Like, what am I here for? What am I doing? Let's appreciate this. Let's breathe a little bit. Let's slow down. If I can get like a one-minute meditation in, I'll try to get a one-minute meditation in. I'm going to be honest with the rest of the world. That seldom happens. But I do at night try to meditate before I go to sleep. It's challenging. I'm not going to lie. And I really think it's important for all of us that if we are feeling so overwhelmed, that we have to take a step back and evaluate what are the priorities and give ourselves a break and permission to not cross something off the list. Even though it feels so good when we do, we don't want to berate ourselves when we don't. Sometimes we just need to be, and that's okay. Listeners, did you get all that? I think what we got out of that is if you don't cross everything off the list every single solitary day, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And if you're living in the technologically advanced world, who cares? Because the calendar won't know because it's automatically going to shift to the next day. And if you're someone like me who lives in 1970, (laughs) then it's a good thing we use pencils with erasers because it's okay to just 
start over with a new list or you should see my car too. I mean, some of my <laughs> friends who have been in my car, they're like stopped dead in their tracks because there's like crumpled up lists everywhere. And oh, it's sort of like, well, that's sort of like how I leave my mark place. Like that's <laughs> You're like how a dog. I do it. Yeah, that's how I do it. And in like the little cup holder or the little space where, I don't know, I guess people plug in like their chargers or stuff like that. That's where I keep my pens, my pencils. I have a whole cup holder of writing paraphernalia and notepads because that's how I do it to the point when we're in the car or picking Mm -hmm. up our kids or waiting on everybody else for the appointments that we are always 10 or 15 minutes early for. Hurry up and wait. I'm sitting in the car making lists, scratching them off and starting again. So I, I just want to put it out there. I remember very vividly my father struggling with this years ago. And he had, I mean, he was worse than both of us combined. He actually had clinical OCPD, which is like the personality disorder of obsessive compulsive, which is like a very different diagnosis than OCD. But it's within the same concept, but just think worse. Like it's just different. Anyway, we can explain that on another podcast. But he would get really anxious if he wasn't on time or early or what have you. And he was at one point in his life an attorney. So he had a pretty high billable hour and worked on billable hours. And I recall, and so we're saying how how crazy the life, uh, life is now, but I recall him going to a physician, his primary physician here in, in Boca, and him having to wait a good like 40 minutes or 45 minutes before he was seen. And I remember, God bless my dad, he came home, he pulled out his legal letterhead and wrote a letter to the doctor basically saying, you owe me this because this is my billable hour. And how dare you keep me waiting as though my time is not as important as yours. Now, clearly I have learned how not to be sometimes (laughs) as I would never do that. However, I do make it a priority for me to do that. So my point of bringing that up was not only how great I am at this point, just kidding, is that I think that this has been something that has been an issue for every generation at some level. But I think we have taken it to a whole new level because what we've lost is when we say, you know, hurry and wait, is we've lost some of the respect and the value that we place on other people. And so I always joke that if I was ever, ever as late with my patients as other doctors are with me, they would fire me because there is an expectation that we start on time and end on time. I'm not so good at the end on time, but at least the start on time I'm amazing at, right? Because it's a sign of respect and it's a sign of how I was trained. And I think most mental health professionals were taught that that hour is so valuable. I could not agree more. And one of the things that I love about you amongst many, but the way we jive so well is because I think we both are on the same page with that. And it would not work if we both didn't respect time in the same way. And with different people in my life, whether they're professional people, whether they're personal friends throughout the whole course of my life, and right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm just going to say it the way that I, quote unquote, prioritize Mm -hmm. how I feel about them, again, be it business or pleasure, truly does when I look at how I measure in that barometer of, of where they stack up in my world, how they value time Mm -hmm. and how it relates to how I value time is 
right up there on the top yeah. of the list. Yeah, because I, I think it's I think it's a sign of respect. It's so much more than just time. It's appreciation. It conveys to people that you're a priority. You're important enough. You're worth the time that people are giving. I think it's part of just our character. It shows us who we are. We take things seriously. We follow through on things. And I do think that people who are chronically late... And by the way, mom, I love you. But you know the running joke. Like, you will always be five minutes late. Always. Okay? And it caused such tension in my house. My mother will always be five minutes late. She will never be six minutes late. But she will always be five minutes late. And I think I can maybe excuse it because she's my mother. Right? But to me, when you're not on time, it says so much more about that person than they even are aware of. I agree. I, I can't even argue with you on it, uh, other than to say that maybe you could take her watch and set it, you know, a, a little bit ahead so well, that we, she ends up being on time. Well, we used to tell her earlier, yeah. right? So she would show up earlier, yeah. not realizing it. I, I would do that too. Exactly. I, friends were back in the day with whatever time the reservation was, we would pretend that it was earlier because we knew they would never get there. Exactly. And I guess that's kind of what you have to do sometimes. So I just want to give, I like to give practical you know, strategies. I don't like to use the word advice. Strategies. Well, I'd like to give advice too, um, at least on the podcast. Um, One of the things... Before you give the advice, is this a good time for me to say, everyone out there listening, we want to protect Dr. Boca. Thank you. So this isn't real therapy. This is unpolished therapy. So we are just talking about the things that kind of keep us up at night and how we handle it. And um, these are our opinions and our ideas. And truly, it is not real therapy. If you want real therapy, you got to email Dr. Boca after this podcast and make an appointment to be on the couch, on, at, right? On time. And, oh, that's right too. And you have to be on time. On this podcast, we've ditched the couch. We're just grabbing the mics and we're breaking down the wreckage that today is time management or the lack thereof for some people. Uh, but what were you saying, Dr. Boca? You were going to give advice. I was going to give a, a strategy. What I like to do is I like to think about the buckets that we live in. So usually it comes down to things like work, personal, and that means like hair appointments, nail appointments, shopping, groceries, things like that. And then kids, family, right? And I like to put in, whether you have paper, pencil, calendar, whether you have a phone, however you use your calendars. And I like us to think about how much time a day we want to dedicate to those said buckets. And you have to know yourself. Do you like to do it all in one chunk of time or do you like to break things up into smaller chunks of time and um, and constantly have variety? And once you know that about yourself, then there's a really cool thing called color coding, right? Because a lot of people are very visual. You put on your calendar, whether you do blocks of time or by one hour increments and you color code it according to what can go into those buckets. So for people who can't get shit done during the day, they have to dedicate X amount of time in that blue bucket to business. And once that time comes to an end, whatever didn't get done gets moved on to the next day into the blue bucket. Anything that was read for family, they do what they can in the morning and at night, whatever, however it works for them. And if they can't do it, it goes on to the next day. And by the way, when it goes on to the next day, that becomes that priority in that color code. So if you didn't order the dog food on Monday, but the dog's going to need dog food, it gets moved over to Tuesday into the red bucket for family. First thing on the family list, the next day, you're ordering the dog food. 
listeners, I don't know about you, but I'm like nervous right now. Is there going to be like a test on this? Because I, that was a lot. I just make a list and cross it off and I'm freaking out right now. But Rachel, you're a person who gets shit done, right? You do almost too much in a day, right? Which is why you, you have no time. There are some people really who cannot organize their day at all. And then they're complaining that there's not enough time in the day, but they've wasted their whole day complaining about the fact that there's not enough time in the day. So these are just strategies to use for those people who really can't get themselves organized and really don't even know where to start. All right. Well, Dr. Boca, thank you for those little non-advice tidbits of advice. (laughs) Um, I think in the spirit of time management, this is probably a good place to wrap up because I suspect that you have shit to do and I I have shit to do. And it's only at the crack of dawn on a Wednesday morning. So we got a whole load of shit. We got to cross off our list or color coordinate our buckets or whatnot. (laughs) But a fun thing to round out the podcast, and I'm going to throw it out to the listeners there. Let us know, email us or reply on social media. What's on your list that kind of gets push to the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, or that you have to move to the next day? Is it the dry cleaning? Nah, nah, I could do that tomorrow. Or is it picking up your prescription? Nah, I still have a few more. I'll do that tomorrow. Sometimes for me, it's those big ticket items that it might be expensive where it's like today I'm just being cheap and it's like, oh, I don't want to spend that money today, but I'll push it to tomorrow and I'll do it. So it would be fun to hear from the listeners. How do you prioritize your day? Are you someone who is always on time? Are you five minutes late on, or are you waiting on others? What is your perception of time and how important is it to you? We would love that feedback, right, Dr. Boga? Absolutely. I'd love to hear about it. I'd love strategies also. If any of you guys have come up with strategies that work, I would love to be able to incorporate that into the work that I do for my patients. How to get more organized and manage time better. It's, it's a real issue. It really is. Well, then I say we end it there and let's now throw it out to the listeners and have them get back to us. If, of course, they have time. The time. (laughs) Right. All right, Dr. Roga, this has been a great Wednesday morning with you. I always love our chats. And you know what they say, Dr. Roga, time is money. So let's continue on our day and let's be productive with our time. And I look forward to next week where we have more time to ditch the couch, grab the mic, break down whatever that wreckage is. It's always fun being unpolished with you. To the listeners out there, I believe you know how to find us. But just in case you don't, we're going to tell you so you don't have to spend time figuring it out. At Unpolished Therapy on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter, we are at Untherapy. And of course, you can always email us unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. From Dr. Boca and myself, have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful day. Stay unpolished. Be true to yourself. And we'll see you next time on Unpolished Therapy. This has been, of course, Dr. Boca and myself, Rachel Silver-Cohen for Unpolished Therapy. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone. Like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage.